Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Brothers Fantasy Football Podcast, a podcast by two brothers discussing fantasy football, their takes, analysis, and everything in between. I am one of your hosts. My name is Derek, and also on the show is my older brother. His name is Daryl. Daryl, what's up, my man? We're here to week seven. Week seven. Yes, sir. Man, this is um, an important week. You know, these uh, these playoff races in these leagues getting awfully tight and every win you got to claw and grab for. And so, like, yeah, even though the slate of games themselves aren't, you know, even though, it's, you know, there's no, like, really headline matchup like we had last week, every single one of these damn things is important this week. So, um, so yeah, I'm ready to get into it. And see what happens yeah and even though we have one matchup that's only having an over under over 50 um some of these matchups are important for fantasy um players like seeing what's going to happen going forward and then these are just some important games for some of these teams as well so i'm ready to get into it let's go ahead and get started with our matchup previews we got three games this week that we want to dive into and take a look at the first game we'll get into is the Detroit lions sitting at one and four going up against those Dallas Cowboys in Dallas. Dallas is sitting at four and two. They are a seven point favorite and the over under on this matchup is 48. We'll start with those Detroit lions who are coming off a of bye. Um, Daryl, what do you got for me on Detroit in this matchup? The first thing I have in my notes is the Detroit passing game is in trouble. Like they are, they are very much in trouble this week. Cause on one hand, the Detroit passing game is not ranked highly itself. Like by efficiency metrics, by, you know, by, by PFF, like anything you want to look at that passing game is, it's, it's not in the best shape. I don't want to call it dead on arrival because they have a few weapons. Um, they have a few weapons there, but, they haven't been squeezing much juice out of it. Um, and then on the flip side, when you look at the Dallas defense, this is a top-of-the-line unit. You know, the, the, this is a top-of-the-line elite pass uh, pass defense unit. So to that end, you know, I'll just jump right into it. Jared Goff is a no-go this week to me. He's, he's an absolute Ooh, okay. no-go. Unless, unless, you know, the the bye weeks have you in the figure four and you just have to play him like I will it better be some kind of dire some kind of dire situation where you just have no choice because literally any any starter is better than him this week to my to my mind. And just to put a fine point on it, you know, PFF has the Detroit pass blocking unit graded as 28th in the league. They have the Dallas pass rush graded as second in the league. Oof. That's okay. With that bigger discrepancy, number one, we know how good the Dallas pass rush is as well. You know, just from watching Michael Parsons and them boys get out there and get after it week after week. And then Jared Goff himself, not the fleetest of foot quarterback. So when that pocket collapses, it's not like 
he's going to Mahomes or Allen or Jalen Hurts his way out of there. It's it's really not set up well for, for him to perform. So, yeah, like I said, I really, really would strongly advise you to look for other options uh, than Jared Goff if you're if you're in uh, if you're in bye week hell. Um, now, as far as the passing game options, well, I don't think things are looking too great for them either. You know, Amon Ra is coming back. It's going to be tough sledding for him, but you just kind of have to hope that the volume, his target share. Is going to snap back to what it was pre ankle injury, and that right. he can get you there through volume alone. And while I'm, while I'm speaking on volume, one thing that you know could work in the pass catcher's favor is that Dallas plays at the fifth quickest pace, Detroit plays at the sixth quickest pace. So there should be a good number of plays compared to average run in this game. So that's kind of a maybe a saving grace for uh, for Amon Ra. Because I don't, you know, I don't see a situation where you're going to sit him, you know. He's, but before dude went down, he was a top six, seven wide receiver. So, you know, you, you're you probably in a situation where you got to play him, especially with uh, with bye weeks. But, you know, it's it's really, really going to be tough sledding. And if um, if he doesn't come through with what you're used to getting out of him, uh, you can't be too disappointed because they're, they're genuinely outgunned. Um, right now. Um, as for Detroit's running game, this will be the best shot I think that they have at moving the ball in, in this game, you know, offensively. But that's kind of that's kind of a mixed bag because, you know, to kind of spin ahead to when we talk about Dallas, Detroit's defense ain't worth a damn. So if Dallas is able to sprint out <laughs> to a lead, oh, that could man. just end up kneecapping the Detroit running game. So, you know, uh, last I saw, uh, DeAndre Swift was listed as questionable. Um, so there's a chance he might not play. This is this is three weeks now after, after this injury, and he was only able to get in limited practices, and he was mm-hmm. put on the um, – He's put on the injury designation as questionable. So there's a legit chance he might not play um, again this week. If he does, you're going to play him. Um, And this would be the ultimate, you know, throwback to the game script that got DeAndre Swift to blow up last year when, when, um, when Detroit would just end up getting steamrolled and have to go into, we got to pass all the time mode. (laughs) Yeah, DeAndre yeah. came out there sucking up all those targets, and you know he would, um, he would make his numbers that way. So like this game was set up very, very well for him if it goes like as predicted, and Dallas is able to kind of uh, have their way with the Detroit defense. Um, if he's not able to go, Jamal Williams, yeah, you're going to play him. Um, I'd probably play Jamal even if DeAndre played. Um, you know, I'd at least have him as a flex, even if DeAndre plays. If DeAndre doesn't play, I bump him up to like maybe a low end RB two, and I maybe you know if if you're hard up, maybe mix in some Craig Reynolds into um, into your flex spot if if DeAndre can't go because he got a bunch of the passing work um, that last week that Detroit played, and um, 
and DeAndre was out. I think that was against, yeah, that was when the Patriots steamrolled him, 29 nothing. Um, Craig Reynolds was out there for a lot of the, uh, for a lot of the passing work. So he could be a break in case of emergency type of flex player. Um, but yeah, that's the, uh, yeah, that's the long and short of what I got on, on Detroit coming in here. Um, what, what do you see? What, what's your outlook for? Him? Yeah, you touched upon pretty much most of what I had here. I just had a note on TJ Hawkinson uh, with Dallas. They're in the top 10 in receptions given up to the tight end position at 31, but they've only given up 197 yards on those receptions and no touchdowns. Uh, when it comes to zone coverage, TJ Hawkinson's getting about 25% of the targets per the routes he's running and Dallas runs zone about 53%. So all that to say, I think, I mean, Hawkinson is probably ranked as a tight end one. Um, I think he has an opportunity here to just basically five for 47, his way to a, a performance. And it might just be a, a nine point performance for him or something like that. Um, the other thing with Jared Goff, I think you're spot on with that. He's he's pretty much a no-go for me unless you're in a um, situation with a bye week where you're affected. We are at the bye weeks where we have Josh Allen out, Jalen Hurts, as well as Kirk Cousins and the ghost of Matt Stafford. So uh, you have at least three usual playable uh, <laughs> quarterbacks that are out this week. So um, to me, again, Jared Goff isn't playable, but I mean, at the same time, like, this game could have some garbage time and some shootout potential. So I think you could do absolutely worse than this. So, you know, that that's my thoughts on this Detroit side of things. What, um, what you got? Let me throw something Dallas? at you. Yeah. Throw something at me. Uh, hold real quick. Let me throw something at you. J yeah. yeah go ahead. Jacoby Brissett versus the Ravens or Jared Goff. Nah, I'm, I'm taking my chance on Jared Goff, man. Okay. Um, I was about to say PJ Walker, but uh, <laughs> I'm going to let you, Get let out you of make here. it. Um, Get out of Daniel here. Daniel Jones or Jared Goff? Ooh. Um, man. So Daniel Jones has a little bit of rushing upside there. And they're um, playing the Jaguars. Ja if, yeah. If and Jacksonville just got completely routed up by Indy. I I still would lean. I still would lean golf in that situation. Okay, last bit. Rate these three: Justin Fields, Davis Mills, and Jared Goff. Why are you doing this, <laughs> man? The people want to know. The people want to know. Those those of us who were, uh, like I said, who were in, who uh, the bye weeks having the figure four or um, folks in super flex leagues. You know, they 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 may be having to make these decisions. And that's why we get paid the big bucks. I got you. So you said golf fields and who is the third option? Golf mills and Justin Fields. Okay. I'm going to go. I'll go golf mills and then fields. Final answer. That's like it one, two and three and in descending order. Yeah, from who I would start to who I wouldn't start. 
I, I can't you play trust. Jared Goff over Justin Fields. I I can't trust Justin Fields right now, man. And he's going up against the Patriots who just blanked um, Goff himself. And then, you know, they were successful against Brissett too. Like, I got no confidence in that, man. I'm sorry. Okay. That's just me. <laughs> How right, would you rate enough. Um, Goff last, Mill second, Fields first. Okay. Just from well, we may, the Russian we, upside. We may have to do a side bet on that one, but we'll discuss it off the air. Okay, bet the five then. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get back to it. Let's uh, look at the Dallas side of the ball. Um, what you think you, you got on that side or what's going to happen on that side? I wish I had that Cameron uh, song, Welcome Back. Because um, <laughs> Welcome Welcome back, Dak Prescott. You know, he could not ask for a better pass defense to face in, in his return off uh, off his thumb injury. I mean, the the Detroit passing defense is, they are bottom tier, you know, by, by a lot. Um, so, you know, Dak gets to come back and he won't be facing much of a pass rush. Coverage units are bad, and they give up explosive plays. So, like this is this is the all systems go to me on the on the Dallas passing passing game. You know, this is a fire these dudes up. So, um, you know, you would expect Dak to finish as a as a QB one pretty much any week. Um, I, I'd imagine, but this week for sure, I think he's he he's a top six type of guy. Um, and with uh, with Hertz and Allen out, you know, he under, you know, under the right game script, you know, if Detroit can fight back or whatever, if they could turn this into a shootout, I think Dak would have a legit, um, legit QB one upside this week, like QB one on the week upside. Um, so all that, all that to say, yeah, I think he's, he's in a smash spot. The boy CD lamb, is in a smash spot as well. And this should not that CD hasn't been playing well, but like this should be his, his breakout, you know, put his stamp on the year week to me. Um, on the year, he's been running 98% of the routes, seeing 33% of the targets and 39% of the air yards. Now that's through six games, um, five of them with Cooper Rush. So, you know, things may not be exactly the same. We'll have to see how those numbers translate over now that now that Dak is back. But the man's, you know, the man's the number one target in the offense and he's he's due for an eruption game. And I think this this is the spot. So um I imagine he'll probably be a chalky play in DFS, but you know, sometimes chalk is chalk for for a reason. Um, Michael Gallup, I think, has wide receiver two slash uh, flex potential because he's been out there for a significant number of routes, and his target share has been has been great since he's come back. And if you're looking for um, a break glass in case of emergency type of flex option, you could do worse than Noah Brown. Um, even with Gallup, and you know, in the two weeks that Gallup's been back. Noah Brown has seen an 84% and an 88% route share. So he, he's been out there 
he's been out on the field a lot when Dallas has been passing. And with this terrible defense that they'll be going against, it's a it's a perfect backdrop for him to come through and backdoor some numbers as well. Um, I forgot to talk about the tight end when we talked about Detroit. Will not do that this time. Um, Dalton Schultz, all indications are that he should be back. Um, he practiced all last week, but then he aggravated his knee injury during pregame warmups, and he was, you know, a scratch right before right before the game was about to kick off. So that makes to me that makes him a little bit risky of a, of a play in this game. But if you have to play him, you know he. I, I if you have to play him and he ends up suiting up, he I, I think he should do. He should be pretty okay for um for for this game. It's just that you know if a knee if that knee injury was able to take him out during pregame warmups last game, I'm not. I don't feel 1,000% confident in his ability to make it through this game, but I wouldn't necessarily go searching the waiver wire for um, for for somebody else to put in ahead of him uh, either because there aren't a lot of good options out there right now. Um, and just I'll wrap up with Dallas just looking at their running game. You know, Zeke and Tony Pollard will – they have a great matchup too. So this might be the path where Dak, where, um, where Dak doesn't finish as the uh, QB one overall, just because their running backs will have a chance to, to shine as well. The, the Detroit run defense, not at all impressive either. So Zeke and Paula, they're going to have their chances to, to shine. Zeke is still seeing the lion's share of the work, like in all scenarios, whether it's being out there for routes or rushing share, um, um, long down and distance, short yardage, you know, Zeke is, is seeing the majority of all of that work. So I think you can definitely fire him up as a, as a running back to um, flex option. And Pollard, Pollard is a flex option to me. Maybe he's a running back too. Uh, depending on what your buy situation is. Maybe he's running back two for your roster. But as far as like an overall kind of thing, I put him in as a flex just because, you know, for him it's it's gonna take it's gonna take a big play or for Dallas to get so it's gonna take a big play too or for Dallas to get so far out in front that maybe they decide to rest Zeke and let Pollard um go in on the mop up duty. Um you know, he'll have his chances but yeah, Zeke, you know, it's Zeke is the one who's really eating up the opportunities there. So I'm a little, I'm a little skittish on Pollard. But if you've got to play him, I think I think that's that's perfectly fine. Um, and that is my little spiel on uh, on the Dallas Cowboys fantasy attack. Um, what, what what you got? Yeah, you you touched upon everything. Um, the the main note I had was our two main notes I had. I was going to wax poetic on what CD number wise looks like, but you touched upon everything. The only exception is that he's eleventh overall in air yards. Or I'm sorry, eleventh overall in air yards um, through these this, what, six weeks. So um, this is league wide. Yeah, league wide. So okay, I'm. 
I just I'm excited about him going forward with Dak here. I mean, he's overall at wide receiver 14. Outside of injury, I don't see how CD doesn't end up as a wide receiver one overall. Maybe even top. I mean, probably even top ten, which he should be because we drafted him there. But yeah, Detroit. Jacoby Myers when they last played the Patriots, he went seven for one eleven and one. DK went seven for one forty nine. So. CD should eat um, to the running backs. Detroit's giving up five and a half yards per carry, according to the 33rd. <laughs> so, I mean, <laughs> if there is a, a get right spot at all for Zeke, like this is the perfect one. And that's all I got on Dallas. Yeah. Yeah. Play your Cowboys. Play your Cowboys. All right. Absolutely. So we move on to the next game. Uh, we got, Cleveland at Baltimore. Baltimore is favored by seven over under at 45.5 points. So that's, that's a, that, wow. They, they expect some scoring here. Okay. Um, yeah. what, what say you about, uh, Cleveland and Baltimore, my, my guy? Yeah, absolutely. I'll start on the Cleveland side with the running backs, Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. Baltimore has the ninth fewest yards allowed via the ground. This isn't an ideal matchup for these two, but I think you're still going to look at Nick Chubb as a, well, you are going to have Nick Chubb as a RB1, i.e. a top 12 running back this week, despite the the matchup. Uh, regarding Chubb, he's seventh, seventh in yards after contact per attempt, first in missed tackles forced. And he's second in what PFF has called an elusive rating uh, off a minimum of 20 carries. So, man, it's just balling. I think there's some upside this week for Kareem Hunt. Uh, Running backs are averaging around nine targets against this defense. Obviously, the Cleveland Browns like to throw more to Hunt than Chubb. So there could be some Kareem Hunt upside here. I think you start him in your lineup, look at him as a running back two, uh, three on your squad. Solid flex play, if you will. To the receiving area, Amari Cooper, wax poetic time, 28% target share, 11.8 A dot, fifth in the air yards overall. You're going to start him, even though Baltimore's defense has been um, a little bit better uh, these last two weeks. I know starting the season, especially with that Miami game, it was <laughs> it was not so good earlier. Yeah. But they've been better recently. Uh, but you're still going to have Amari Cooper in there. And then David Njoku, man. Tight ends, um, around six targets a game against this Baltimore defense. And they're middle in the pack of fantasy points. But they've given up four touchdowns to tight ends in six games. So there could be some touchdown upside here for Njoku. I'm starting him confidently as a tight end one this week. Um, Finally, with Jacoby Brissett, not starting him. And that's all I'm going to add on that. (laughs) For sure. What you got for me? Um, Well, yeah. Um, The the big point that that I had was I think this does shape up as a pretty good Kareem Hunt week. Um, And it's just for the reasons that, that you mentioned that um, running backs are able to do work in the pass game versus this Baltimore defense. So um, 
you know, I, I'd feel very good about starting Kareem Hunt and, um, and, you know, as, as an RB2 this week, um, maybe as a, as a cheap option in DFS as well. So you can get to some bigger names. Um, and I think, yeah, it's a great spot for Amari. And I think it's, you know, it's a decent spot. If you find yourself in need of, of a flex play, in case of emergency, I think Donovan Peoples-Jones, I think uh, he could be worth, he could be worth a shout because okay. the DPJ Baltimore left. coverage unit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Baltimore coverage unit, they have been playing better, but they're still, they're still not great. They, they're, they still can give up a big, a big player too. And DPJ has been, you know, it hasn't been, uh, the results haven't been there, but he's been gobbling up their, the air yards for Cleveland. So, um, you know, if, if you just got to fill, fill a flex spot or something like that, I think, uh, he's somebody that I wouldn't be afraid to turn to. I wouldn't, it's not my preference to turn to him, but um, I think there are certainly a lot worse options out there. Um, so yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's a wrap on the Cleveland side of things. Um, what about Baltimore? What, what, what do you see going on with the, with the Ravens? With those Baltimore Ravens, Lamar Jackson, you're obviously starting him. I mean, he's probably ranked as QB one this week. Finally, now that um, Josh Allen is not eligible to play because he's on by. Um, but the last three games, he struggled passing wise. Lamar Jackson, he's had three touchdowns, four interceptions, been sacked five times and also has a fumble. But I think there's hope for him in this game. And this hope also aligns with uh, King and Drake. I don't think J.K. Dobbins is playing. He may have been ruled out by now. I'm not sure. But anyways, whatever running oh, back Let me is... give you the news on that. Okay. J.K. Dobbins is out. J.K. Dobbins is out this game. He's going to have surgery that's going to have him out for four to six weeks. That that, okay. that just came uh, that just came down like a couple hours ago. Okay. So, so Kenyon, he's, he's out indefinitely. Okay, so Kenyon Drake season until Gus Edwards comes back and or Justice Hill. So, yeah, there there's hope here going back with Lamar Jackson, Kenyon Drake here. Um, Cleveland's run defense, poopy, not good, not great. Um, <laughs> Austin Eckler hooped against him. Ramondre, we talked about earlier and last week, he hooped. Even the Falcons hooped with him with um, Caleb Huntley and Tyler Algier. So, Anybody that runs the football from the backfield, you want in your lineup in this game. So Lamar and Kenyon Drake, comfortable starts for sure. Um, to the passing side, it's interesting with with this side of the ball. Um, you have any news on Bateman? Is he questionable still? Yeah, Bateman was given a questionable designation this week. So, yeah, okay, I, I'd be reluctant to play him personally, but... Uh, but yeah, he 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 is questionable. I get it. If he decides to play, I'm gonna start him personally um, in my lineups as a lower tier flex play, unless of course I have a better play. Simply because I know every year is different. But last year he hooped against this defense. He had 11 receptions on 13 targets in two games. 
134 yards. And he had, he especially hooped with man coverage on him with five targets. He had five receptions and 93 yards. So I'd be interested in flexing him if uh, if he does end up playing. Um, wax poetic time, Mark Andrews. Still ridiculous. 33% target uh-huh. share, 30.8% targets per route run, 2.46 yards per route run, an dot of 11.3, and 38.6% of the air yard share. Wax poetic. My goodness. Almost done. Last year against this team in two games, 20 targets, 15 receptions, 180 yards, and two touchdowns. Is that good? I would say so. <laughs> it is good. So, yeah, I'm I'm firing him up as well. Um, and that's all I had on Baltimore. What you got for me? Um, so, yeah, Bateman, the Bateman thing, that's a, that's a tough situation because, you know, bye weeks are here and, you know, you're probably hoping that he does go. I'm just worried about it. You know, if, if he does indeed play, um, that it turns into, you know, that situation where a guy just comes back from like one of those foot ankle injuries and it takes him a game or two to get revved up. So, um, you know, you and I were talking earlier this week, you know, just kind of toying around with some DFS builds that, that had Bateman in there. And I think this was on Wednesday that we were doing that. And he had come back to a limited practice on Wednesday. And so I was like, okay, maybe maybe things are looking up. And if he's able to get a full yeah. practice Thursday, a full practice Friday, that bodes really well. But then he went limited, limited, limited um, for, <laughs> for the whole week. So, you know, uh, that that just gives me a little bit of pause. But, you know. It's one of those situations where, okay, you know, I mentioned DPJ earlier. I'd play Bateman over DPJ, like for, for sure. So I guess if he's if he's playing, unless you know, like you said, unless you have better options, um, you're probably in a situation where you do just have to go with him. And if he's a full go, if like he can, if he can get out there and return to what he was, I mean, you know, one thing about him, he was only playing like somewhere between. 70 and 75% of the routes just for some reason. I, I don't know why, but if he's able to get out there and do that again, you know, I think Lamar just goes, just goes off this game because I think he's going to give it to Cleveland um, on the ground. They'll be able to parlay that into some big passing between, um, between Bateman and Andrews. Like this could, you know, Lamar could have his day in the sun and, I don't know his um his narrative for MVP. That ship has probably sailed, just given how well Mahomes and Allen have been playing and Lamar's recent dip in form. But you know, this could be the start of him like turning that around and maybe getting himself back in the conversation if he could string together a few like super elite performances. Um, as for the running game, like we mentioned, Dobbins is out and is going to be out for up to six weeks. Maybe, maybe even longer. Um, cause th- this is just like yeah. a huge setback that, that he's had. Um, he's having surgery, I want to say on his, 
either his meniscus or his MCL. I keep confusing in my mind those um those M knee uh knee hurdy things. Injuries, that's what you call them, injuries. Um so with that, I I went and looked at Justin Justice Hill's practice reports and he's been a full practice all week. So this situation to me in the Baltimore backfield is a little muddled. You know, Kenyon Drake is coming off a very good performance um, last from last week. Who, who was it that they went up against us? Was it the Jets? The Giants. The Giants. Yeah, I knew it was one of the New York teams. Yeah. He's coming off a great performance against the Giants, but it's Baltimore. You know, um, one running back can absolutely explode in week six and come week seven, that guy's in a timeshare again. So um I'm not I'm not completely sold that Kenyon Drake is gonna get the lion's share of the touches because Justice Hill was looking pretty good before he got uh before he got injured as yeah, well. That's a good point. I do think that Kenyon Drake will probably Yeah. If I had to guess I would say I would say that Kenyon is gonna get the majority of touches, but you know, again, it's Baltimore, so it's so it's hard to know. Also, um, Gus Edwards could be activated for this game, um, from what I was reading. Um, they he came off the IR like two weeks ago, and I think this this is the last week. I, I believe, I believe this is the last week that um, Baltimore has to activate him before some kind of thing kicks in where he either could be gone for the season or so, so, something bad happens to his roster status if they don't activate him, I think, by by this week. So that doesn't necessarily mean that he'll play. He could be active and that he gets sat. But all that to say, it's just a murky situation. And I'm not – oh, and also I'm not exactly sure what's going on with, um, with Mike Davis as well. Because I believe he was active last week, but he just didn't play or – he might have been healthy scratched, but you know, there's there's just a lot of a lot of spinning plates in this Baltimore backfield. But if you have Kenyon Drake, I would go ahead and play him. It they it seems like the um, the Baltimore offense offensive coaches have every reason in the world to trust him off of what he did last week. So um, yeah, that's grain of salt and everything because it is Baltimore. But if there is somebody to play, I imagine it would be him. And uh yeah, so yeah, that's that that's all the little add ons that I had um on Baltimore. Fair enough. Let's look at our last matchup here. We got Kansas City at four and two, heading to the San Francisco McCaffrey's sitting at three and three. Kansas City is a <laughs> Three-point favorite. You caught the San Francisco McCaffrey's. Uh, but, yeah, KC's a mm-hmm. three-point favorite, according to our sheet. Over-unders at 48-and-a-half. We'll start with those visiting Chiefs. What's your thoughts on them in this matchup? All right. So I'm just going to do something right here. Nick Bosa, Drake Jackson, Jimmy Ward, Charvarius Ward, Eric Armstead, Talanoa Hufanga, Samson Ebukam. Those are all starting defensive players for the San Francisco 49ers 
who are on the injury report. It's a lot of people. Their defenses, <laughs> their defenses in the in in the gulag as far as injuries go. Some of these guys could end up playing. Some of them could not end up playing. I don't have the the final word on them. But my point in bringing that up is one that defense is hobbled and at full strength. San Francisco might have the best defense in the league at full strength. It's, it, mm-hmm. it's out of them and Buffalo. You know, it's just the kind of thing where, you know, if you asked me to choose between the two, I'd let you pick first and I'd be happy with who's left kind of type of thing. Like this, they're, they're elite, like elite, the best pass defense in the league and probably about the fifth or sixth best run defense in the league. So, if that defense were 100%, my advice would be you play Mahomes, you play Kelsey. That's it in the passing game from um, from from Casey because none of those other guys have really distinguished themselves as like um is I guess consistent target earners. You couple that with the fact that they're going up against the best pass defensive unit in the league. I just want no parts of the KC pass game outside of Mahomes and Kelsey. Because Mahomes is gonna make Mahomes is gonna make something shake, number one. And you're never gonna sit him, um, number two, as long as he's healthy and or not on by. Kelsey, you're just never gonna sit him either, because I mean it's it's beyond obvious why. Um, but yeah, outside of that, I would I would advise just to sit everybody else. But that's if the San Francisco defense is 100%. The, even if all of those guys I listed are able to go, they're not going to be at 100%. But it honestly still doesn't change much for me for the other, for, for I guess the ancillary passing options that Kansas City has. If you have to play somebody, you know, if, if you're if you're in a bind flex-wise or, you know, third wide receiver uh, wise, Juju and MVS are the guys that are. They're still the guys that are out there getting um, the most uh, the most route share. They're both over. They're both out there for over eighty percent of the routes. So, you know, if you if you have to just make a punt play, those those would be the two guys to go with. But I wouldn't. I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be feeling great about either of them. At all, and that's 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 going up against a normal defense. Going up against this defense, I just I, you know, I just sit there with my fingers crossed. Maybe not even watch. Or no, you got to watch that game. Uh, but yeah, that that that's that's what I'm feeling on the Casey oh, passing offense. Um, now as for their rushing offense, if this defense were 100. percent I'd bench CEH if I could. I'd one thousand percent bench him if I had uh, if if I had comparable options. We're in the we're in the bye week gauntlet though, so you you may not be able to do that. You'll probably you know you're in a situation where you probably have to roll with him. I would just say don't expect too much. You just gotta hope that some of that old magic um, comes out. And he's able to fall into the end zone, but I don't. I don't predict him being, you know, terribly productive 
and putting up big numbers because one, his volume is just not, it's just not um, elite level volume and he's going up against an elite level run unit. So if you are having to play him, you're just kind of praying for a touchdown and that, uh, you know, that that's hit or miss. It was, it was hitting for the first four weeks and it's been missing for the last two. Uh, coming back more in line with uh, with what his usage profile actually looks like. So not excited about uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire's prospects this week, and I'd want to avoid him if uh, if it were possible, but it probably won't be. Um, how do you see how, – how do you see this KC offense uh, stacking up against this defense this week? Yeah, it's only – two items I was going to hit on with Clyde Edwards Hilaire. Yeah. You're probably going to have to be in a spot where you may need to start him because Singletary, uh, Henderson, Dalvin cook and Miles Sanders are all out this week. And then you can also add, and of course we'll talk about it here shortly with what's going on with McCaffrey and or Jeff Wilson. That may be another back that may, tear away from you know being somebody who you would normally start so you got like basically five running backs that potentially aren't available this week so you may be in a position where you have to start them and again you hype you hyped on i'm sorry you talked about the prospects of it it doesn't really look too fortunate outside of a td or bust the other note i have is regarding juju um i'm interested in what he does this week He's had eight targets in four of these six games so far, and he's finished as a top 40 wide receiver in four of these weeks. A top 40 wide receiver ain't nothing impressive, but that's a flex play, especially especially in, in this bye week, Mageddon, we have here. So, you yeah. know, I'll, I'll probably be having him. Well, if I had him, I would probably be having him in as a flex and just hoping that he hits his floor, and that's pretty much it. Well, a little above his floor, but yeah. And that's all I had on Casey sure. then. All right, let's go to those yeah, San Francisco enough. McCaffreys, man. What are your thoughts here? Is Christian McCaffrey going to play in your opinion or not? So, yeah, I think he's going to play. Um, I think he's going to play. I think it could – It'll it'll end up being in a limited role just because you know he that trade happened you know like late Thursday night and I saw like maybe two or three hours ago you know he had just passed his physical so the trade was just like officially completed like two or three um, hours ago so basically the man has a day to um, to to get in the playbook and. And, and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, I don't, you certainly don't expect him to have a full compliment, but I think he's going to be eager to get out there. And I think that, um, I think the Shanahan will be eager to show off his shiny new toy. And um, I'm not going to go into the tropes about him being um, a smart dude and, and, and all that stuff. But um, I just think they'll, you know, I think they'll want to get him out there. So I would be more surprised if he doesn't play than than um than um uh, than if he does. And to that end, 
If he does play, I would start him. It's McCaffrey, right? You you start Christian McCaffrey. If so, if he's out there, I'm gonna start him. Um, you know, I would definitely be expecting a hit to his uh, to to what you would normally expect production wise. But again, it's Christian McCaffrey. If he's playing and he's not injured, hell, even if he is injured, if he's playing, you start him. All right. Um, and man, poor Jeff Wilson, you know, <laughs> well, he's, he's like, what the hell did I do? Yeah. I got, I got <laughs> fired on my day off. Uh, man, that's tough. But yeah, this, I know, I know. And there's, he's just got a lot working against him this week. Um, you know, between CMC um, being so CMC potentially playing. If you you know imagine a scenario where that KC, excuse me, where the San Francisco defense they're all they're banged up, and let's say KC is able to take advantage of that and kind of sprint out to a lead. We saw what happens to Jeff Wilson when this happened last week, when the Forty ers were playing. Uh, the Falcons, you know, the Falcons got out to a lead and Jeff Wilson's playing time just went in the dirt. He got, he got game scripted out of that game when San Francisco had to start going um, pass heavy. So that's an option that's on the table to, you know, kind of curb his playing time. And then you have the fact that he fumbled. He lost a fumble last week that got returned for, for a touchdown. So, I'm sure that's probably very much on the um, on Shanahan's mind as well. So my lean is if McCaffrey is is active, I'd want to sit Jeff Wilson. If if McCaffrey's active, if McCaffrey's inactive, then you play him like one thousand percent. You know, even though even though the uh, the Forty ers defense is is excuse me, even um. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm thinking about the KC defense. The KC run defense, it's decent, but not great. There's nothing to be afraid of there. Um, I think the only the only chance you'd be taking and starting Jeff Wilson is that if CMC doesn't play, is that he get game scripted out of the game in the event that KC is able to sprint out to a lead. But given the um, given the opportunity shares that Jeff Wilson gets when the games are either competitive or when San Francisco has run out to a lead and the bye week, um, the bye week background, I think you play Jeff Wilson if CMC doesn't play. If CMC does play, I'm leaning towards uh, towards sitting him, and I have him on several on several teams, and I'm I'm very likely going to be sitting him when the when the word comes down, if the word comes down that Christian McCaffrey uh, is is going to play. Now, okay, so we talked about, well, I talked about the, uh, the the San Francisco rush unit. You know what? Instead of flipping to the to the pass to the to the San Francisco pass unit, what, 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 let's get you in here talking about um, talking about the the San Francisco running back room. Like, what what are your thoughts on all on all this stuff that's swirling with them? 
Yeah, I'm pretty much in in lockstep with you. If if McCaffrey plays, I think you you still just have to start him. Um, we have no clue as far as how many snaps he'll play or anything like that. He'll probably be on some kind of pitch count, but I think you have to start him. There's no doubt on that if he does play. If he does play, I can't in good conscience start Jeff Wilson either because I'd rather take the chance on, you know, and I'm hating to say this, I'd rather take the chance on CEH getting that touchdown. I'd rather take the chance on Jamal Williams getting that touchdown because I I, I don't have any clue on what Jeff Wilson will get touch wise, but I have some clue what those other guys will do. And I rather bank on that, but that's just me being conservative. So that's about Tony Pollard. Yeah. I rather look at Tony Pollard over Jeff for sure. Okay. All right. Okay. So yeah, we're, we're we're not too far off of, um, of one another on the fact that if, if CMC plays, lean towards benching um, Jeff Wilson. I guess unless you absolutely cannot, but, uh, but yeah. So yeah, turning over to the San Francisco um, passing department, you know, this KC pass defense can definitely be had. Um, they, they can give up a splash, a splash play or five per game. We just saw, um, we just saw Josh Allen go, ham on them uh, just last week. The problem here is that, you know, Jimmy G ain't Josh Allen. So, you know, you, you, you have to kind of throttle back your expectations about one, what, you know, what Jimmy G can do coming off of what you just saw Josh Allen do. And, um, but, you know, I think Jimmy G could be, could be a good play because one, the KC pass defense isn't great. And two, there is a chance that that KC offense could, again, you know, sprint out to a lead and force the 49ers into a passing game script. And we saw we saw last week that Jimmy G performed uh, pretty well fantasy-wise um, when Atlanta forced the 49ers into a pass-heavy game script. So um, I, I would not be afraid to start Jimmy G, you know, if you're having, you know, one, if you're weak at quarterback or two, you know, if uh, if your starter is on by this week, I think Jimmy would be an admirable fill-in. Just, you know, I guess it's probably dumb to say, just don't expect to see what Josh did last week. But, um, you know, Debo's in your lineup. I think Ayuk is in your lineup as uh, as well. He, um, he, he very, he very rebounded. He rebounded. Last week, um, Ayuk did against that Atlanta defense, you know, for two touchdowns. I can't remember his exact yardage, but um, he had a very, very good game. Debo, you're playing him just because, I mean, it's Debo, and he gets plenty of plenty of opportunities, and he should have plenty of opportunities to put his stamp on this game against the Chiefs. And you're also playing George Kittle. So, you know, I think you you, you just go ahead and fire up those three main weapons in – the San Francisco pass and attack and, you know, expect, expect decent to big things out of them is, is where I stand on them. Um, what about you and the San Francisco pass and attack? Where, where are you at with them? Yeah, I think you fire up all three of those guys. Only note I'm going to hit is regarding Kittle. 
So Kansas City runs zone about 60% of the time, according to the 33rd. And a small sample size here, but Kittle sees a higher target uh, per route run with zone defense or target target per route run percentage higher with zone defense from 25% up to 30%. And his yards per route run is up a little bit there. So I kind of like Kittle in this spot. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. This yep, could be, yep. um, you know, he could just build off of what he did last week when he went, what, 10 for 108? Or was it 8 for 108 on 10 targets? Yeah, some, something like that. So, yeah, he's in another potential smash spot again this week. I'm, I'm right there with you on that. Absolutely. Um, so we're going to highlight just, well, real quickly, for me, I have two players that I'm very interested in in this week. The first one is Leonard Fournette uh, going up against the Carolina Panthers. Uh, Carolina defensively with the run against the run not has not been good. They've given up the eighth most fantasy points to the running back position. They've given up five touchdowns, two running backs in six games. So I think there's a high opportunity here for Leonard Fournette to get in the end zone. Um, not only once, but maybe a couple times. Carolina's 26 in rushing yards per game and 25th in DVOA um, against receiving backs. So I'm high on Leonard Fournette this week. I'm also interested in what Garrett, Garrett Wilson does this week with Elijah Moore being ruled out. I mean, he's yeah, he, should, yeah. he should get more of a target share here. Now, granted, it's against a tough defense in Denver, but – I'm just interested to see what output he puts out there. Um, with that being said, though, do you have any matchups or anything you're curious about outside of what we discussed? Um, no, no players in particular, but um, I think that the um, that the Seahawks Chargers game is going to be a fantasy rich environment. Um, yep, I because agree. neither. Neither squad has an overwhelming defense. The, the Seattle defense has gotten, you know, their their rankings and whatnot have ticked up after their performance against Arizona last week. But it's the Cardinals' offense, so um, you know that's <laughs> playing well against them. You you take that. Um, that's like I said last week. That's one of those silo of salt kind of things. So. I think that game is going to be a fantasy rich environment and I'd be, I'd be very eager to get all my weapons um, to, to get all my weapons that I have from either one of those two teams in my lineup um, for, for, for that particular game. Um, only note is that Tyler Lockett is, um, is, is a shame. He's on uh, he's his injury. Yeah. He has a, questionable injury designation. So um, hopefully he's able to to get out there and play. And Th- Tyler's a pretty gutty dude, so if there's any way he can play, he'll, he'll get out there. And uh, Keenan Allen may be back as as well. So, you know, that's a – well, like I said, that, that could have easily been a game that we kind of talked about as well. But I think that's going to be, uh, for the third time, a fantasy-rich environment. So if uh, – you're a DFS player or whatever. Um, 
it wouldn't it wouldn't be such a bad thing to look into that game to try to get some stacks and bring backs on your um in your DFS lineup. Um but so yeah. That's what I'll be that that's the that's the main other game that, that I'll be checking for this week. Right on, my man. Well, let's get out of these matchups and let's move on. Let's get a, into a little bit of I can do that. Yes, sir. I can do that. This is our basically our buy or sell um, where we look at players and opportunity for the week. And we basically say, can they do that or can they not do that? Shout out to Lil Flip. So let's go ahead and recap last week's. So we had three of them. We looked first at George Kittle being higher than Mark Andrews or Travis Kelsey on the week. We both had he can't do that. And we both were right, but we do have to give George Kittle his flowers. He did perform extremely well, and I don't have the exact rating, but I feel like he was either tight end three or four on the week. So, um, yeah, shout out George Kittle. Second one, Ramondre Stevenson. Yeah, you got about as close as you could get. Yeah. (laughs) Second one, Ramondre Stevenson finishing as a top five running back against Cleveland. We both said he can do that. And he did that. He he did that. So shout outs to Ramondre. Finally, DJ Moore finishing as a top 24 wide receiver on the week. He ain't do that. <laughs> you were spot on on that. And um, I I was completely wrong. I think he went like two for 22 or something like that. It was it was something bad. <laughs> no, 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 but, no. The man had three receptions for seven yards. There we go. Yeah, three for seven. That's right. <laughs> My goodness. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was something like that. And um, PJ Walker, his air yards for the entire game, it was fewer than ten. Yeah, the man had fewer than ten <laughs> air yards for the entire game. And granted, he came out and like midway through the fourth quarter, I think he was, um, you know, he was being checked for a concussion, and Jacob Eason came in and. Still, you know, their air yards for the game did not get above 10. It was one of whatever the opposite of inspiring is. It was that kind of performance in extremis. Just <laughs> yeah, woof. That's, that's what, all I can say to that. Just woof. That's what it was. I confused myself. There was a point where he had two receptions for two yards, and I must have just added an extra 20. And was like, yeah, that's what he had. But no, you're right. It was three for seven. <laughs> but let's you better let's give get his D- you better give DJ his other five yards, right? And his other reception. <laughs> let's uh let's get into this week's action. The first one I have here, I'm going to pose to you: Will Terry McLaurin finish as a top twenty four wide receiver this week? They are going up against the Green Bay Packers. I believe they are at home for this game. Man, so you you picked a doozy right here. Like th- this is a good one because the Green Bay pass defense they can those boys can give up a splash play. Like they they they're not a they're not above that. They that they can give it up. Um, and then you add it to the fact that Taylor Heineke is is coming in for Carson Wentz, who I think uh, broke a bone in one of his fingers on his throwing hand. 
So Taylor Heineke will be coming in. If we remember back to last season, Heineke did love to air it out to um, to to Terry McLaurin. Yeah. Um, so you know you 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 factor all those all those things in, and Washington is um, they're, they're kind of a pass heavy offense on the year. Um, their own the. You know, the only problem, well, let me not say the only, the biggest problem I see is that Green Bay plays at the uh, 28th fastest pace in the league and Washington plays at the 32nd fastest pace in the league. So that's going to, that's going to put a, you know, if Terry's going to do it, he's going to have to be very efficient in doing it. But I've weighed, I've measured, and I'm going to go ahead and come down and say that Terry can do that. Okay. Believing in the Heineke hype. I love it. <laughs> no, nah, I'm just kidding. Hmm. So looking at last year when Terry McLaurin performed or was with Tyler Heineke, he had a 24% target share and had 42% of the air yards. Comparing that to this year so far, he's at 16% of a target share and 28% of the air yards. So Heineke was targeting this man. Now, obviously, uh, there is a difference this year. Curtis Samuel is around here. They are designing plays for him. But I think the relationship that McLaurin has with Heineke, and in addition to, I mean, Green Bay by the fantasy numbers has been stingy to our receivers. But I just quickly want to go through this. They face the Minnesota Vikings. Justin Jefferson hooped. They face Chicago. We're well aware of their wide receiver situation. They played the Bucks with no Mike Evans and no Chris Godwin. They played the Patriots. We're aware of how their wide receiver room is. And that was Baylor uh, Zappi coming in and, and taking over for Hoyer. They played the Giants. We're aware of their wide receiver room. And then they played the Jets, a.k.a. Mr. or a.k.a. Mr. Half and Half, the team with half of their touches for running backs, half of it going in the air. I don't think Green Bay has really paid a wide receiver that's really worth a damn outside of Justin Jefferson, and he hooped. So yep. I'm going to say Terry McLaurin can do that, and he going to do that. Yes, sir. All right, so next, let's do this one here. Will Brandon Cooks finish as a top 15 wide receiver this week. He's going up against those Las Vegas Raiders in Las Vegas. All right. I'll kick us off on this. Um, I'll just be quick on this. The Raiders are an elite level, terrible pass defense. Like they're, <laughs> they're top tier, terrible. Um, and <laughs> Cooks is due Cooks is due for um for for a breakout. I'm you know, he's the number one receiver on this on this team. I think that um this game does kind of have a potential to shoot out, number one, or at the very least, you know, that Raiders offense, you know, it's it's a formidable offense. I think they could they could do some numbers uh, against the Texans and push the Texans into a passing game script, which only, which uh, which goes to further, um, you know, 
Brandon Cooks' touches. And then on top of that, the Raiders, for however bad they are against the pass, they're good against the run. So um, just like as an aside, Damian Pierce could be in for for kind of a disappointing day tomorrow uh, on Sunday. Could be. Could be. He's going to get a lot of touches, though, so he could just get there on volume alone. That's neither here nor there, though. Um, so, yeah, given, uh, given all that, again, everything weighed, measured, I come down on the side that Brandon Cooks can do that. Okay. okay. Top 15. Yeah, yeah. He can do that. All right. So per PFF, their rankings on Brandon Cooks this week is as wide receiver 19. So, of course, that's just outside wide receiver 15. Uh, my thoughts on it are this. So far, Brandon Cooks this season hasn't really been that efficient. Um, but he uh, he is getting a 25% target share and he's getting 28% of the air yard. So, you know, that's that's pretty solid stats for a wide receiver one on the team. Um, I think the thing that's the the thing that takes it over the hump for me to say Brandon Cooks can do that is that when it comes to the neutral passing rate between these two teams, they're in the both of them are in the top eleven. So this thing could be this thing can be aired out a little bit. I don't necessarily think Oakland or Oakland, Las Vegas will follow that a hundred percent just because we can be gashed up on the run with Josh Jacobs. But I think it does lend opportunity for Brandon Cooks to cook. And I'm going to say he can do that. I can do that. Oh, real quick for new listeners, when um, when Derek just said we, he was talking about the Texans. We're both Texans fans. So um, in case uh, in case that went over, bodies, over anybody's heads, like we, we are yeah. the Texans. <laughs> Anywho, appreciate push that. forward. All right, I got the last one here for you. Will Daniel Bellinger or Evan Ingram finish? Either one of them finish as a top ten tight end this week. They are facing each other. The Jags are playing the New York Giants. Right. Yeah. Well, this one. Uh... This one uh, really got up in uh, in the old noodle there, uh, going back and forth <laughs> on, on both of these. Um, so when when I'm looking at Bellinger, here's the thing, right? His um, his route share has just been going up and up and up, and he last week finally eclipsed eighty uh, percent of the um, of, of the route participation. And I think he saw somewhere in the twenties um, target share, which is which is pretty good. The Jags' pass defense, though, has been has been fairly efficient recently. Like I know that, um, I mean, well, fairly efficient on the season. I know that you know there's um, they're coming off of what Matt Ryan just did to him. Matt Ryan had a pretty big game, but the man had 367 passing yards on like 50 on damn near 60 attempts. So, you know, on a per play basis that that wasn't like that overwhelming of a performance from Matt Ryan. Um so like I'm I've gone back and forth on that and I'm just gonna say it on the fly right here. I'm gonna have to give another he can do that. Um 
to 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 Ballinger. Um, I, I think the man's on the come up. So yeah, I'm gonna stamp him with that he can do that. And as for Evan Ingram, his route share participation has stayed stayed steady. He's above the 80 percent marker that you you know that you want to see from tight ends, but his um, his target share has gone up the past two weeks, and he's in the low to mid 20s on target share, which is which is very good for tight ends as well. Um, what he has working in his favor is that the Giants' pass defense is not particularly good. It's um, it's verging on terrible. Um, I guess the thing that maybe kind of works against Ingram is that the Giants' run defense is also not that good. So it could be the kind of thing where Jacksonville chooses to go run heavy, which, um, you know, they did last week against uh, against the Colts. I think uh, I think Trevor Lawrence only had somewhere between 20 and 25 passing attempts um, last week against the Colts, which um, kind of not a great game plan given that the, the Colts, by my reading, are a pass funnel defense. But whatever, you know, Doug Peterson won the Super Bowl and I'm sitting here doing a podcast, so what, what do I know? Um, anyway, this one... Uh, this was a tough one as well, but I'm just going to have to go ahead and say that he can do that as, as well. You know, the, the between the route participation and the targets he's been getting, that man has a, he'll have a chance or two to fall into the end zone. So yeah, I'm giving him that he can do that as well. It's a, he can do that sweep all across the board uh, for, for me this week. <laughs> what say you? I got you. Well, first you got the numbers game of you got two tight ends here and we're saying either one of them finish as a top 10 tight end, right? So I like those odds just as is, but just a little, a couple oh, things. Oh, you read it as. What? Oh, I, you, oh, you meant that as either one could. I thought, I thought it was, um, I yeah, thought man, we, it says, I thought they were separate. Okay. Bellinger or Ingram or my guy or. <laughs> Um, wow. Yeah. Yeah, man. Reading <laughs> is so fundamental. My bad. You're good. So both of them have done this once this season and both of them have also finished as tight end 11 as well. So they're basically the Spider-Man meme when you come, when it comes to finishes, uh, per PFF, both are <laughs> ranked as tight end 13 and 14 this week. Again, the Spider-Man meme is going on. <laughs> I think this I think this can be done though. Um if not by Bellinger, I think Ingram can get it done with tight ends. The Giants are third in fantasy points given up to that position. Oh, I'm sorry, let me redo my cue. They're ninth regarding this. Um, but as far as targets to the tight end position, they're third, giving up fifty or allowing fifty targets um to that position. So I think there's an opportunity here for Ingram to get it done. And hell, if he can't get it done, I think Bellinger can. It's also a, he can do that sweep for me as well this week. Yes, sir. (laughs) So yeah, we'll keep track of that. We'll revisit it next week. Hopefully it's a queen, a queen, a clean sweep on that as well. And let's go ahead and end the podcast with a little DBB 
aka the brothers battle we are a little late on recording this week we're actually recording on friday so the thursday game has already happened so what we'll do we'll just go over what we ended up picking for the game that week and then just any thoughts quickly on the game um to recap it was arizona as a favorite for this game good podcasting as my sheet loads up Arizona was a one-point favorite. The over-under was 44-and-a-half. Arizona won the game 42-31. to 31. I picked the under going on that trend of Thursday night football games, and that did not hit. Daryl, do you want to tell the people about your pick? No, it did how not. it did? <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I flubbed. I, uh, I didn't get my pick in if oh, I man. had to have picked, um, you know. In my in my heart of hearts, I I would have taken I would have taken the one point, um. So I would have taken the Saints plus one, and that would not have hit either. So um, so yeah, we we had kind of a no harm no foul type of a type of deal with me not getting my pick in. But I will be more diligent about that going forward. That is that is for sure. It's those those Thursday nights the Thursday night games like. Like get me. I normally, you know, get my pick in when we when we record the pod. So, um, <laughs> yeah, that's that's my bad. I apologize to you and to and to the listeners out there for uh, for messing that up. Hey, it's all good. I took an L too. So hey, both starting off with L's. Um, real quickly on the game, I'm I have a couple of notes that I wanted to address. First off, welcome back, DeAndre Hopkins. Play 60 of the 65 snaps, ran 29 routes. Of those 29 routes, he saw 14 targets. Like, <laughs> come on, 50%. That's insane. Basically 50%. Are you kidding me? Welcome yeah. back, man. Welcome back. Uh, the Kyler other point was I missing wanted... his binky, man. Yeah. <laughs> the other point I'll make is on Zach Ertz. He was out there 52 of the 65 snaps, so. My man was out there, ran 28 routes, only saw three targets. This is the worry that I have about Zach Ertz going forward um, in regards to what his target share will be with Hopkins back. And then they're adding Robbie Anderson, and I'm sure they're probably going to get him more involved as well. So just throwing caution to the wind, this is my opinion. If you have Zach Ertz, you might want to be looking at the waiver wire and seeing what other tight ends are out there. I'm not saying drop him, but just be aware of what's on that landscape. Um, what What are anything or any points that you saw regarding this game? The game ended up being more entertaining than, than I thought it was going to be. Um, a lot of that was down to the fact that um, that Andy Dalton threw two pick sixes in, <laughs> in like – I know it was I know it was under six minutes of game time. It might have been under like four minutes of game time. And this um this just super incredible video of um of one of them came came out. Like you you really need oh. to find this if you can, like on YouTube <laughs> or on Twitter. I think it's um Marco Wilson gets uh, gets one of the interceptions that uh <laughs> that the Cardinals end up housing. And like you see Andy, you see Andy just like grimacing, you know, on the field after he threw the interception. 
and like behind him, you see Marco go uh, diving into the end zone, you know, perfectly lands like a flip onto his back yeah. and whatnot. And it's just the, <laughs> it's just the funniest thing. It's oh, just like man. if if Womp Womp was a video, like that would that yeah. would be it. It was it was fantastic. Um, but as for the game itself, um, man, the you know I, I don't I don't think that the Cardinals' offense became unstuck from the mud last night. Um, they played better though. They, they they play better than than I've seen them play all year, and help them, it could just be it it could just be that it's a matter of having D Hop there or not. Um, maybe maybe he was the difference between uh between that offense just looking like like total cheeks and looking somewhat functional. Um, last night the boy Eno Benjamin had a breakout game. Um, last night, and I think. Overall, the Cardinals' performance, I think it kind of, you know, it kind of puts a small, a slight arrow up on their on, on their offense. Um, like I said earlier, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't like a redefining performance from them, but they, they got things going. And I think also it kind of showed, I spoke a couple of weeks ago about my thoughts that that Saints defense is just kind of an average defense and the Cardinals really kind of exposed that last night. They really got gashed. Yeah. In the, in, in the run game. Um, So, you know, hopefully this portends greater things for the Cardinals going forward. Um, As for the saints, they need to get, they need to get their weapons back and um, they either need Andy Dawson to stop throwing so many interceptions or they need to get Jameis back in there. The boy Chris Olave just went off. Um, you know, they they really just had no answers for him, even when the game was competitive. And once um once uh, Arizona had got out to like a super big lead and just kind of went into their shell defense trying to keep everything in front of him, trying to keep everything in front of them, um, Dalton was just peppering Olave with targets and the boy was just open like yeah. um all the time. So yeah, he's he he's right back on the on on the go get it train, um, like he never left, and got to give it to him. Taysom Hill, Taysom Hill showed up, caught a receiving touchdown, um, la- last night, um, to the to the chagrin of um, Kamara owners everywhere. They they certainly could have got Kamara on that to do that same thing, but um, it, it was like a Especially like a goal line pass type thing, and Taysom Hill even had a um, he even had I want to say it's like a thirty forty yard completion to um, to Olave as as well. So you know he showed his usefulness. He he showed his um, you know his boom bust nature by by having a, a a pretty a pretty fine game. That was a pretty fine bottle of YooHoo last night from uh, from Taysom Hill. So. Um, so yeah, the game ended up being way more entertaining than, than than I thought it would be, and there was a lot of fantasy goodness to be had, uh, to, to be had there. For sure. Uh, one last note on that game, uh, even though it happened late, basically in garbage time. Shout outs to uh, Jawan Johnson going ahead and fulfilling the prophecy of Arizona 
and tight ends. It's always easy hooping on oh, that. Yeah. With the, he had two touchdowns there. Next week, Arizona gets Minnesota, the Minnesota Vikings. So, considering that again, Travis Kelsey and Gerald Everett are on buys next week. If Irv Smith is on your waiver wire, you may want to go ahead and look at firing that up. Yeah, he he might be worth a a pickup uh, right now, so you don't have to go fight everybody else. Uh, come waiver wire, uh, come waiver time next week. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, that wraps up our show this week. Uh, we'll be back on we'll be back on Tuesday next week. We'll do a little recap per usual. A little wrap that ish up. B. Uh, of course, we'll have our waiver section and then the update to our betting sheet before we head out of here. Daryl, you got anything, my man? Um, no, I am. I'm good. Just want to wish everybody out there, man, good luck. Hope these uh, hope these bye weeks aren't um, aren't getting on you too hard. You know, there's some heavy hitters that are out this week, so um, you know, don't don't take it too hard. If uh, if you pick up an undeserved L th- th- this week, just, you know, keep managing those rosters, grind through this week and, uh, you know, get back after it. That's, uh, but yeah, week seven. Let's go get it. Absolutely. Well, again, you guys can reach us via email at thebrothersff at gmail.com. D-A-brothersff at gmail.com. I am Derek, my brother Daryl on the other end. We'll catch you guys later. Peace.